how you hit that free throw with no jumper. Take my people out of section eight. I stand behind my promise. Pray to God it took a leap of faith like Pac and Biggie Papa. Black Lives Matter over here. The truth they can't see yeah. too often. Get the kid facing trauma, stress, depression, marijuana, 50 cents a jack, heart disease from me now carry out a sweat, blood and tears. My cousin spent five years at this McDonald's, taking classes, studying social work, and hosting fillers pockets. Scarlet fever from industrial parks, pollution gave us asthma. I can't trust the news no more. Cause they put filters on their cameras Six men tell it straight out here Lou Williams, Jamal Crawford One leg inside the trench My wrist came from corporate office uh, Here's the truth Might above the matters I can't let them starve Hood preacher I can't let my city ever fall apart Made mistakes before Overcome the odds And took a charge Built a damn pile Took my youngest Yeah, I'm with the six man How you hit that free throw With no jumper Take my people out of section eight I stand behind my promise Pray to God It took a leap of faith Like Pac and Biggie Papa Black Lives Matter over here, the truth they can't see too often, yeah, yeah, we need change of perks, we always had it the worst, cause white folk policies left us cursed, we need retribution, put 10 bands inside my grandma purse, they set us back a thousand years and took our culture here as dirt, we all kings and queens, right, just hit the six man for advice, my mind was stuck in the gutter, spoken reason changed my life, meditation kept us woke, therapeutic vibes and quotes, they just killed Breonna Taylor, so it's hard to trust her folks, and I sent a prayer for Sent a yeah. for White collar crime through the stock market Mail fraud When it came to food stamps My brother never had a choice Fast forward He just copped through 20 acres yeah. I'm with the six man How you hit that free throw with no jumper Take my people out of section 8 I stand behind my promise Pray to God it took a leap of faith Like Pac and Biggie Papa Black Lives Matter over here The truth they can't see yeah. I'm with the six man How you hit that free throw with no jumper Take my people out of section 8 I stand behind my promise Pray to God it took a leap of faith like Pac and Biggie Papa Black Lives Matter over here The truth they can't see too often yeah. You listen to Real Talk with the Six Man of the biggest headlines in the district is the rise in gun violence. From the shooting death of a six-year-old girl to the shooting near Nats Park to last week's shooting near Logan Circle and more, Maureen Ume is back now with questions for D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser. Well, good morning to you. So we are waiting uh, for the mayor to uh, to come uh, outside. She's on her way out. So we'll ask her a couple of these questions. But as you know, crime, a very big concern in the district. A lot of people talking about wanting more policing, asking city leaders, what are they doing to address this very serious problem? Uh, and so we've heard from Chief Robert Conti, who has talked about the crime in very passionate terms. We've also heard from the mayor in the past talking about crime and the fact that there needs to be something done about it. Mayor Bowser is now joining me uh, with more on what uh, city leaders are wanting to. Mayor, good morning. We thank you so much uh, for being with us. Uh, we've been talking all morning long about crime in the district. A lot of people have said about it. They're saying city leaders are not doing enough. Police are not doing enough. What do you say to that? Well, certainly we share um, their concern. We want every D.C. resident to feel safe in their home, every business and visitor to feel safe. Uh, and I can assure you um, that not only with policing, but with all the services of our government, we are laser focused on how to get to the bottom of it. And yet police retention is an issue. Chief Conti talking about the shrinking force. This is an issue that Fox 5 has been following for years. The number of police officers dwindling and there are seeming to be not enough to really combat crime. Um, 
Right now, how many officers are on the streets? Are you concerned about these shrinking numbers? I am concerned about the shrinking numbers, and uh, it's been a hallmark, certainly, of my tenure to get the number of police officers up. Uh, we've been focused on a retirement bubble for, for many years, and we were finally bending the curve on that bubble. Uh, and we, we have to make sure we continue to make the case with members of the council uh, to ensure that there is funding for the number of officers that we need. Did the issues last year with the protests and all of that, did it play a role in the officer retention or officer attrition as well? Uh, well, our big issue with last year was that uh, my budget wasn't approved to hire the number of officers that we need. So we had a year of no police hiring. People are hearing this, and I think, you know, you'd, you'd agree. They don't care about all that. They're just saying, I want to live in my neighborhood. I want to feel safe. Bottom line at first, Mayor, are there going to be more officers on the streets to help address this? I know that Chief Conti wants to sort of have a roving force. What do you say to that? Well, Maureen, what I would say is uh, last week I, I notified the council that we would use whatever overtime dollars that we needed uh, to make sure that we have officers out on the street and present in neighborhoods. There is a limit to that, however. Um, we, we want our officers to be fresh and make good decisions. Um, so the chief has to make decisions about how to best deploy them and use that over time. The council is considering my budget right now um, where I, I, have a rec uh, what I have proposed hires for 100 uh, new officers and police cadets. Uh, and so we want to make sure that my full um, proposal is funded by the council. Mayor, I know we are unfortunately out of time, but we want to keep you around and ask you some more questions after I toss back. A very itch, a important issue that people are concerned about. Thank you for taking the time this morning. And for you there at home, I know a lot of you are still weighing in our live Insta polls and letting us know how you feel about what's happening. If you do have questions for the mayor, please send it in to us. In the meantime, again, you see that the police force is looking at sort of reassigning officers to different areas, not keeping them in static places uh, to sort of get a handle on this crime in D.C. But it's a huge problem, not just here in D.C., nationwide. And the mayor making a wanting some funds made available we'll see how that plays out uh welcome back everybody welcome back to the show it's real talk with the six man i am your host the six man and tonight um just wanted to talk a little bit about the direction that our community is going in and i actually got two of my brothers that's going to help me um have this discussion we are all partners in a non-profit organization based in pg county maryland called type inc and our slogan is type it means teaching youth prosperity and excellence and i think that in the community it needs that it needs youth education it needs some development it needs a lot of mentoring it needs a lot and i think that we're trying to build something in our nonprofit um to be the the premier nonprofit for all types of services and we're not just talking about with you know youth we're talking about with adults if they have any mental health issues if we can help bring the family to back together again we're not just gonna you know focus on you our focus is the youth but we're not gonna just stop there so we want to kind of talk about you know the gambit of everything that's going on in the community but right now tonight we we, we we've been hearing again you know the stuff that we don't like to hear and we're hearing about gun violence in in, in our nation's capital in the DMV area in general. And to me, it just breaks my heart because it just seems like every time we turn on the news, every time we go on social media, every time, you know, we look at some type of media form, it's something about gun violence in the nation's capital. And so um, Mary Bowser just got finished talking and she was talking about how last year she was not able to hire 
enough officers. She gave her budget to the councilman, I mean, to the D.C. council, and they shut it down. They didn't allow her the funds that she needed to pull in recruits for um, this year. And so it seems like it affected it a lot. And when I heard the number of police that are in the nation's capital, I'll speak to a couple of police officers that I know on hand, and they tell me that that's the biggest problem. Um, it's like they they a lot of officers are, are, are retiring, and then they can't keep officers because officers are either getting suspended, they're getting fired for certain things. I mean, as you all know, there was a police firing um, after a few incidents um, that happened in D.C. with some of the D.C. youth. And they just cannot keep good officers for some reason. And when I say good officers, I mean officers that are going to do um, what's right by the badge. And so I got my two brothers on the line, Chris and Hood. Um, and, you know, I said I wanted to talk about this because I just felt like now we've lived in the community. We've um, had our time in the community, you know, growing up, you know, doing what we did. And now that we are operating in an organization you know, in a nonprofit type of standpoint, which is, you know, mainly always based in the community, like now as a somewhat community leader, like how does continuing to hear this violence, like how does it make you feel? And what are some of the things that you think we could do as a community to kind of, you know, s slow this trend a little bit? Wh whatever one of y'all want to go first, it don't matter. Yeah, I feel like uh, it actually makes me want to take action, you know, mm -hmm. um, I was definitely honored when like, you and, and, and Hood reached out to me to, to join you guys to, to be a part. Uh, definitely spoke to, to my heart to make sure that you know, playing an active role, um, not being a complainer, but actual person that's going to take action. Yeah. And, um, and when we get together and we come up with our programs and ideas about things that we want to do to help the community, it actually, you know, is fulfilling. Right. Um, so for me, it's actually um, it's uh, definitely heartbreaking to hear, you know, the things that's going on in the communities that we grew up in. Mm -hmm. um, but it also is a uh, a calling to say, okay, you feel heartbroken, so what are you going to do about it? Right. And um, this opportunity pr that presented itself to to start and really um, build a foundation uh, with Type Inc. Um, and more specifically, Type DMV. Using, using uh, the type platform to help D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. More um, dealing with the communities we grew up in, uh, mm -hmm. which is, you know, more PG County, um, the district, yeah. um, as Montgomery County, and uh, different places that we can help. But we actually really know and we really maneuvered around those those areas. Um, to get involved is definitely something that, you know, at this point in my life, I definitely feel that I need to do. Be, be, a, be a part of the, the um, solution. Um, it makes, so it makes sense. That's how I feel about it. <clears throat> it makes sense. What you got, Hood? Yeah, and um, you know, I'm, I'm I'm upset about it. I'm concerned about it. And one of the one of the things uh, about this is is the way things are happening too. It's what's going on, and it's and it's how it's being done, mm. and the fact that. He, Kids, these kids are being killed by drive-by. They're shooting into crowds, no matter no matter who's out there. Mm -hmm. You know, so like, like three years ago, when that little 10-year-old baby girl got killed, there were lots of kids out there. Mm -hmm. Ice cream trucks. Mm -hmm. 
everything else. And they still pulled up and did that. Mm-hmm. You know, the other night, six-year-old baby girl. Mm-hmm. They drove through that intersection. They they saw kids out there. And lit it they up. They saw adults and, and still lit it up. Mm-hmm. Didn't even really slow down. They just sped through it and mm-hmm. just shot. And, mm-hmm. and one of my concerns is definitely the way things are happening. You know, um, there's always up with trends and down with trends. And I, I'll say this real quick, and then I'll, then I'll hold up. But like back in the 90s, when we was in high school, the, the homicide rate for DC was was triple what it is now. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll give you an example. In 89, um, this quote on Wikipedia, 434 homicides. 91, uh, 1990, 472, 91, 482, 1992, 443, 1993, 454. Mm-hmm. Then it started dropping. Mm-hmm. The next couple years, then the 300s. Mm-hmm. By 98, they're down to the 200, 260. Okay. By, by 2004, it's 198. And now, it's starting to uptick, go back up again. Mm-hmm. But that's a trend that didn't just start right now is my point right you know we had the same numbers that we was last year right but whatever's been in place whatever this this mental and emotional things that are going on with these youth in our community they, they it's been gravitating for the last couple of years and my concern is that it's going to keep going and going up if we don't start taking action and taking a different type of action than, than what's been going on for the last couple of years we got to find another solution <clears throat> And I think for me, you know, even when you mentioned Makaya Wilson, like she was really, and I've mentioned this on, on you know, on, on my platform on numerous occasions. Um, you know, she was the reason why I started Real Talk with the Six Man. I mean, her, like my my first episode was snitching because it was it was based off of, you know, trying to normalize, you know, reporting what's going on in your neighborhood. I mean, I I can I can clearly understand if you're in the streets. And you're involved in that lifestyle. And something happens, you and your man do some work, your your man get charged, you get charged, your man get charged less than you, and you looking at him like, what's going on? That's snitching. If if you live in a community and there's a 70-year-old woman that's calling the police saying that she sees a suspicious vehicle in her in her community and she just wants the police to check it out, that's reporting. But then you got people in the community that don't feel safe. And they feel like if they do report what's going on in their neighborhood, then they got this retaliatory, you know, um, youth or these young people who come back and found out Miss Miss Lo- Dolores said something, and then they come back to shoot up her house, which is very unfortunate. Like it's it's it, it it doesn't make any sense to me at all. And I had a conversation with a few people, and you know somebody said something to me that resonated in me and it just made me think about it and that's kind of why i wanted to have this conversation real quick because i i mentioned about the killings like you just gave us the numbers right and somebody told me well it's been happening it ain't like it's gonna stop and it's like is that the mindset is is the mindset oh well another one bites the dust and we just keep it going and i mean because you just said that the numbers was in the 400s and then it slacked down to to about the 100s and now it's creeping back up is that the type of cycle that we want to reintroduce to? I mean, because I'm—I mean, now I gotta think about my daughter. I gotta think about my nieces and nephews. I mean, because they live in this in this society now, and it's like 
Is that something, I mean, that I want them to witness? No, I don't want them to have to witness that. You know what I mean? And I mean, even with Mary Bowser saying that she was not able to, um, she was not able to hire police, in my mind, is that the only way to combat what's going on? I mean, because I think at the end of the day, yes, the police are here as an entity to protect, to serve and protect. But when do we get back to, you know, protecting our own neighborhoods? Like if back in the day, if somebody came in our neighborhood that we didn't know, we confronted them. Or if somebody from another neighborhood came in and did something to somebody, robbed somebody, an old lady, pushed an old lady down, took her back, we, we, we did street justice. Now, I'm not saying that that was right, but it was a way to control what happened in your neighborhood. So I'm just wondering... In that regard, you know, what what do you what do you guys think about that? Like, is 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 I mean, do we do we recycle the G code because the G code is clearly is is obsolete at this point because the G code was no no kids, no women, no elderly people, and you know could be touched. You know, if if somebody had to be touched, it had to be a conversation. Now it's just a free for all. It's just everybody do whatever they do. And I I mean, me personally, I just. I just don't understand it. I'm trying to make sense of it, but I'm, I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to make sense of it, but, you know, but what you think? Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, we have the luxury of uh, living through things and, and getting older and having a different maturity about us. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, the, the police part of it is, uh, is one thing. <clears throat> And, you know, it's the, the, res, the policing part of it is the result after the crime, the crimes are committed, you know. Right. We, I think the standpoint that we want to take is, you know, what do we do before it gets to that point? Right. Um, so, Prevention. You know, so, I think providing um, alternatives, you know, mm -hmm. I remember when I was uh, working at an alcohol and drug treatment center, one of the guys that was in there wasn't an addict, he was actually uh, somebody who used to sell drugs mm. and you know he was talking about how much money he was making and he just so addicted to the lifestyle that he can't fathom working a nine to five you know his whole thing was what's the alternative for me to you know what what can you put in front of me that would make sense to me mm. so what can we put in front of the youth the young adults that makes sense to them not mm. to choose that lifestyle and choose a different lifestyle, you know, so really trying to intervene, intervene and provide alternatives in the community is the only way that I really see some adjustment going, and it may not be an immediate adjustment, but you see the numbers go down drastically, but over time, like who was talking about how the numbers over time, and you know, what things, do we, do we go back in history and see Right. What things were being put in place to reduce those numbers? Right. To see what was working. Hopefully, right. Hopefully, it wasn't mass incarceration. We don't want that. No. Without, no. You know, right. we want it to be that people found other programs and other ways to occupy their time in a positive way. Right. And, and you know, stay out of the system. And keep keeping every, uh, especially people who you know we relate to and people that we grew up with, as children now. We want to keep them out of the system and into a productive path versus choosing, you know, the streets. Um, so that's what, that's what I really think. I think it's really about bringing something to the community where people can say, oh, okay, let me send my 
my kid did so that they don't choose the streets. Mm-hmm. And then over time, the numbers will, will, will adjust themselves because people are actually getting involved in things that's, you know, enriching them versus leading them to destruction. And then, the, and then these programs, they will have a track record. And then now you can build off that. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. I think I agree 100%, Chris. And I, I think, like you said, the policing is a part of it. Definitely, but then to switch to a more community mindset, yeah, that's, that's a part of it, but that's afterwards. Like you said, um, last week I was listening to uh, Trayon, Trayon White. Okay. Um, last week on a, on a news conference, he was with the mayor, he was talking. And it was just eye-opening to me what he was talking about. He was just talking about Southeast. He was talking about how many rec centers closed, have closed down that used to be open when mm-hmm. he was growing up. That was my next point. So you've taken you've taken the rec centers, which means you've taken a lot of programs. Mm-hmm. Um, people are displaced because um, with with gentrification, mm-hmm. they pushing people to war seven and eight, mm-hmm. and so you got people in clusters that are not. Where they used to be, the familiar, familiarity is a little different. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a great you got point. Tension that's going on from COVID. You got, mm-hmm. you know, people have said that police matters. Mm-hmm. Um, the kids that used to be able to be at the programs after school, since COVID has shut down the school, um, now everybody is just in the community itself instead of being in something productive that they were used to doing. And you, right. you put all that together. Being displaced, not having jobs, not having programs, um, easier access to these guns, especially now that they're making them. You know, they, they I mean, they're making them. Mm-hmm. Um, you put all that cluster together with all that tension, all that emotion, all that anger, all that hurt, and it's like a ticking time bomb. And that's what we are seeing a continued pattern now, an uptick of a continued pattern of I don't give a about nothing. Mm-hmm. And that's how they act like they don't give a about nothing. And and, and 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 I mean and it's just to me when just listening to you talk about all of that, you know you know what screams out to me? Mental health. Correct. Trauma. And we're not and we're yeah. not and we're not targeting that. Cause that's what it is. It's a lot of trauma and there's a lot of mental health that needs to be addressed. And then combine that with the easier access to social media. Right. The stuff that they, they're seeing and just putting in their minds, you know, right. not on social media is bad. I'm not saying that at all. Right. But now you have easier access to see what everybody else is doing all over the country. Now right. you're mimicking what you just saw somebody do in Chicago. Right. With you're with with the, uh, the drill music. Yeah. 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 And so that's you you seeing the uptick all over the country, but you know, especially here in um in, in our area, man, it's it's upset. And 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 so I, I did see something and I just wanna throw this at y'all before we go to um the chief. And I saw where now in Chicago they were doing this paintball paintball gun thing when they were riding around to rival neighborhoods or whatever and shoot the paintballs and I recently seen it happening in in DC and I was like I'm I'm still not 100% sure if that is the route I'm not saying that it's negative because it seemed like they were having fun 
But I'm like, when does that turn south? Like, when did you hit somebody in the wrong part of their body to make them hurt, and then they flip and throw the the, the paintball gun and pick up the real? So I'm not 100% sure if that is the alternative, but it sounds like in some places that's kind of the alternative. And then for me even, it's like, when, 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 when did we stop just throwing hands? Like, when did we stop, like, walking up on somebody and if you had a problem with them, you fought it out. Like it's it, that that's like obsolete now. It's like it's all about guns. Like it's you know, I mean, I put up a meme earlier saying that when you know, when the police kill one of us, we got all this energy. We ready to ride, we ready to do all of that. But when somebody in the community kills a 6-year-old a 6-year-old girl, it's like it's it's nothing. Like I mean, we do our little memorial you know, we do the the usual, and then it's like a couple months, week, whatever. It, it, it's it's gone now. But then we back to something different. So I, to me, I just I don't like the cycle. Um, I'm not a hundred percent sure. Like both of you all are saying, you know what the what the end result can be of the program to 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 inject into the community. But it's got to be me personally. It's got to be the community. That's it's starting inside out, not necessarily the policing, but the community and then going out to the police. I mean, because I had a, I had a um, conversation with Ron um, on another platform and he mentioned that um, parents and, you know, family members need to stop telling kids not to be police officers because police officers, if you're a police officer, you can help police your community because, you know, the community. So it's like, that's one of the, stop telling, oh, you don't want to be no police officer. No, don't tell the kid that because they can, I know some great police officers that do great work. And when I talk to them, they know exactly how to pull up on different situations. Baby mama drama, somebody fighting, somebody drunk, somebody with a gun. I mean, they they know how to pull up to the situation. They not, they not even getting out the car guns blazing. They getting out the car because they know the neighborhood. They know the environment. And if you come from the environment, you have a different way of policing the environment. And to me, it just seemed like it's so many little intricate parts that's just out of place that it's hard to kind of initiate with what will work and what will start working. But I know Trayon and I know some of the council members have been trying some stuff like the chief of police was saying, you know, some stuff has been tried, but he's ready to try to do something different. So I'm going to um, put a put a pause on it real quick and let y'all hear what the chief said and then we'll get back at it. MPD family. I am proud of the work that our members do every day, that you do every day. My commitment to you remains to ensure we find ways to work smarter and to support you as you do your job. Today, I am bringing attention to a pivoting of our patrol strategy. There are quite a few realities we face. First, our department is shrinking in size. Our manpower is currently at 3,584 which is 208 officers less than one year ago. In the current best case, our department will continue to shrink to 3,460 officers by the end of September 2022. We can no longer operate as we have done in the past. Second, violent crime continues to affect our community every day. Just in the last week, we witnessed the tragic loss of Naya Courtney, a six-year-old girl the high-profile shooting near Nat Stadium last week, and the shooting on 14th Street Northwest last night. 
Our overall violent crime and homicide rate is at the same level as last year. Every loss of life is tragic. Every loss of life, no matter where it occurs in our city, whether it gains national news or not, is unacceptable and it underscores how crucial our work really is. How crucial you are as a first responder, preventing, detecting, and solving crime and responding to incidents where you quite literally preserve life. I've been moving around to different districts throughout the city and listening to officers and community members. I know one of the pain points for our officers are fixed posts. I do not believe, nor does the data support, that in an environment of a shrinking workforce, that a fixed post is the most effective way to deploy our resources. Today, I've met with all of the assistant chiefs, and in the coming weeks, we'll be pivoting our strategy to a more intelligent-led patrol deployment. This is not something new for the department. Our violence reduction unit officers have been focused on intelligence-led policing, following data to target where crime occurs and those that are most likely to be involved in violent crime since May of last year. It is the same concept that was behind my recent announcement of the community-focused patrol unit. Specifically, with our shrinking workforce, we cannot afford to dedicate officers to individual blocks or corners on fixed posts. This does not mean that we're going to be ignoring areas that are most acceptable to violence. Quite the opposite. Strong evidence-based research shows greater impact when officers spend an average of approximately 10 to 15 minutes of every two hours in a specific area versus being assigned to a particular location, corner, or block continuously. In the coming weeks, we'll be providing further guidance and also additional training on how to be most effective as we implement this new strategy in patrol. To make this effective, I will rely on you to engage the people on your beat, to get to know them better, and to build true relationships. I know you do this already, and I know not everyone you come across wants to talk to the police. But contrary to what it may sometimes seem, as I move through community, I consistently hear there is a genuine desire by many in our community to have stronger relationships with officers who patrol their neighborhood. I believe this shift in our deployment will not only create a better work environment for you, but will also lead to a safer community. All right, y'all, we back. And we just let y'all hear a little bit of a snippet of what Chief Conti said. And Chief Conti is trying to remix how they police the communities. Um, he, he let us know that there was already a task force um, for violence in general in the community, especially gun violence, and how they were doing the policing. He was saying that they go out to different neighborhoods designated um, based off the data that they have, um, and they go into these neighborhoods for at least 10 or 15 minutes at a time for every two hours to try to combat some of the violence that may come up and happen. Um, he's saying that he's implementing it now. It's based off the numbers. He was saying that some police officers are saying that they still want to be able to operate in one area, you know, for a period of time. He's saying that they just do not have enough police to do that. I mean, he's saying that the that by the end of this year, that the police force is going to be, you know, almost under, 
you know, 3,000 police officers. I mean, maybe under 4,000 police officers or whatever the number is. I think it was like 3,400 or something like that. But it's just crazy because I did not know that there was a shortage of police officers like that in the area. I mean, you know, in D.C. specifically. But I do know a lot of officers that are coming up on their 20th year, coming up on their 25th year, a lot of officers who recently retired. And I remember listening to um, Muriel Bowser saying that they had tapped into a fund in D.C. to allow retired police officers to come in to at least help, you know, with, you know, controlling what was going on. So, I mean, I think that, you know, him being from, I, I believe that he's from War 8, if I'm not mistaken, 708, I believe. And I'm not saying that, you know, his what he's talking about is fully going to work. But I do think it makes sense from a standpoint of not having enough police and just still riding around and having police cars just sitting on each block for two or three hours. So I just wanted to get a quick idea of what y'all thought about the chief, what the chief was saying in, ter in terms of this new redeployment of how they're going to have um, officers um, policing the community. You know, I think we want to see some action. It's, it's uh, definitely um, not in the head that, that I mean, the police force is taking a hit as far as the amount of people who uh, are working. Yeah, you know, major hit. Right. Um, so, you know, you got to, when, when businesses take a hit, you got to re-strategize, you know. Right. Um, you were saying something on the last segment we were talking about, you know, the community, uh, you know, not wanting to be police officers, you know, it's, it's a mistrust in the community. Yeah. You know, it's a mistrust between the community and the police. And historically, you know, blacks and brown people have, you know, a right to have a mistrust too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's not something like a unwarranted, um, you know, the original job of the police was to catch slaves that ran away. Right. You know, so, um, you know, Scarface has a line about, you know, we living under laws when we was treated like dogs and wasn't, you know, so, mm -hmm. uh, and the song they smart, you know, was really talking about a lot of police brutality and the things that, you know, have over hundreds of years leaded up to this mistrust. Um, so, you know, uh, Hood and I was talking the other day about how can we bridge the gap? Um, because, you know, and you, you know, we were talking about snitching earlier. I mean, the police are asking a group of people to snitch, but they don't snitch on each other either. Right. You know, so it's just like, a, it's, it's, a, it's a real mistrust with the community and, and, and the police. So it will be good for the police officers, especially the police officers who, are, who actually live in those communities to be able to kind of make ties and be in a situation where they, you know, walk a beat and be like, I know that kid. He's a good kid. He's right. making a bad decision. Let's not ruin his life. You know, hey, son, just go home. Right. Like, you know, no, well, let me see around here. That's how it used to be. When I lived in Anacostia, it used to be like that. You know, so, you know, it's, it's going to be a tough task and it's going to take some work and hopefully the community um, the police can work with community leaders and um, be able to actually be a lot more hands-on and dealing with the community 
so that people can start to build a trust relationship with the police. Yeah, bridging that gap ain't gonna be easy though. Not at all. Yeah, it's not gonna be easy at all. <laughs> that's a tough. Yeah, it's a tough conversation. It's definitely a lot of mistrust. Um, Got to start somewhere though. Got to start somewhere. And even as far as the numbers, like the chief was saying. I'm glad he's trying to do something different in terms of not letting them just sit. It's going to start moving them around, you know, every so often. And I mean, I think they should have been doing that anyway. You shouldn't just be sitting anyway if you are, you know, policing a community or, right. you know, riding safety measures for a community. How can you, how can you, um, you know, put yourself in a position to help somebody if you're just sitting in a car somewhere? You know what I'm saying? So at least I'm glad he's waking them up with that. Because I'm curious to see, I'm, I'm curious to see uh, or hear how many of them or, you know, if there are any that are disgruntled about that. Or, about, or about, about, about the redeployment. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Right. Because right. now you got to get off your tail and, and do some things that you weren't doing before. At first, right. For some of the officers anyway. Like right. you said, there's some real good ones out there. Yeah, too. absolutely. Absolutely. You know, who do impact. But some yeah. of them, quite frankly, getting a check not making an impact yes um but yes yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough conversation because of the mistrust and in terms of the numbers i'm at least glad that he's shaking it up with that and then so some of the conversations that i've had with some of the people lately is the conversation in regards to you know how does policing look in the in the district and now they got this whole new training where you got to go through um the african-american museum and you got to go through all of this you know, black women empowerment, you got to do all this stuff, but it's just like, you know, again, coming from the community, if, you, if you're if you're recruiting in West Virginia, if you're recruiting in, you know, Pennsylvania, if you're recruiting in Delaware, if you got officers who, you know, come from another state that has done some damage and stuff to their community, but got suspended or whatever, didn't get fired, but quit, and now they're in our area, what is, how does that look for our area? Because that's, some of the stuff that I'm hearing that's happening. I mean, you, I mean, not saying all of the officers, but we got a lot of officers that's in this area that don't know this area. And it clashes with the community because they don't know how to talk to us. You know, you get out the car and say something, we might just be joking, but they don't take it like that because they don't know our slang. It's just, it's so many different barriers. And I'm not saying that it's solely on the police, but I did, you know, have a couple conversations with police current police officers and the community and that's one of the things that came up you know not being from the community or not being from this area so do y'all think that um maybe if you know dc will recruit a little bit better in the area i mean because i know back in the day they had you know recruiters coming to the high schools you know they had them you know dc and um um uh, the, the fire department and the police department was coming to the high schools and asking you know, young men and women, would they, you know, want to be police officers and things like that? So, I mean, I don't know. I just, I mean, what y'all think about it? Do y'all think that that's something that could kind of help a little bit in regards to policing in the community? I think it would be a big help. I mean, let's not even talk about West Virginia and Delaware. I don't even think if you were a, a police officer from that patrolling southeast, I don't even think you should be from Stafford, Virginia. Right. I think that's too far. I think you should be someone that's group, you know, that's from that community, understands that community, and really 
really trying to get home for the day, but when it is your home that you police in, I think you're just going to expect that neighborhood very differently. Yeah. You know, um, your, your approach going to be way different. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think you're going to be like, man, as soon as I get off, I'm, I'm headed home quick so I can beat traffic. You know, if you live in a community, that's not a worry for you. Right. You know, so you may do a little more. Um, so I know they do have incentives for people to move. Into the community, you know, yeah. Into the community, yeah. But I still think it's just a difference when, you know, and it may just be, like you said, that people just got to not taking the jobs for whatever reason. So they have no choice but to recruit out there. But I think it would be better if the police actually came from the communities that they police. Yeah, I agree with that. I think it'll look a lot different. I'm not saying that it'll slow down crime, but I think even the, the police involvement, the, you know, that's what that that relationship that I heard some of the people saying, we can build that relationship again. I mean, because you'll have the, the officer that know Miss Johnson and, and, and knew her kids and went to you know, went to high school with, you know, her son. You know, I mean you, you it's a it's a little bit of a relationship. I mean, I know back in the day when when we dealt with the police, even though they was a jump out and all that, they knew us by name and we knew them by name. You know what I mean? Like they would pull up and be like, What's up, what y'all doing? Man, just chilling. We ain't doing nothing. Just chilling. All right, man, we be back in a couple hours, you know what I'm saying? But now it's just automatic gun smoke on both sides. And I don't think it that's right. necessarily needs to be that way. Like even with these you know, you know, I've worked with a few families in regards to DC and 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 the way they deal with the youth, and it's just like the way they deal with some of the youth now. I mean, the youth don't come home; they just they shoot them up, and you know, no body camera footage. The the families ask for body camera footage. You can't get it. You fight it for a couple years, and then you you get it. Then they look funny, and you got to keep going down to the the Wilson Building and listen to uh, uh, Charles Allen and. And all these people talking about what they're trying to do, and it's just like, but these officers are still have their jobs, and they still out here killing people. So it's just, right. it just, it just get tricky. It, it get real tricky. So I don't know. I mean, it's hard to say. And again, it's one of them conversations that you're not going to get 100 percent right. But I just thought that it'd be refreshing to hear, you know, some people hear hearing from us. I mean, we've been putting in a lot of work behind closed doors, trying to get tight ink where it needs to be. And I think we are moving in the right direction. I was just talking to um, Angel about it. And I was telling her that, you know, at some point, you know, us just taking our time the way we are to dot all our I's and cross all our T's. I feel like at the end of the day, it's going to, it's going to pay off dividends. I mean, you know, some of the relationships that we're building with people, some of the networking um, opportunities that we've had lately, it's just been phenomenal. And then the, 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 the most recent, connection that we've got i mean you know this, this guy named a lot of high high priority people that he can connect us with so i'm like can you just imagine if we continue to take our time continue to do our due diligence the way we're doing it and then once we really get out there and be a part of the community i mean who knows we can be one of these powerhouses that people can come to for all types of resources i mean you know you know homeless youth initiative you know feeding the homeless you know uh, mental health you know um helping you know, homeless kids, you know, have a residence to live, you know, helping them get a job, drug rehab, mentoring. I mean, education. It just, I just feel like we will probably be able to do it all. I mean, if we set it up right and we can be, you know, one of these beacons that the, the, the community, um, that the uh, council members will be coming to, that the, the, the county executives will be coming to and say, hey, how do we, how do we do this? I mean, you guys got 
you know, track records in this program. How can we help y'all get funded to do this and do that? And so I think that's where I'm at. And I think that's the main reason why I wanted to have this conversation and just allow us to, you know, start, you know, showing who we are in the community. I mean, we've done, you know, back to school drive. We fed the homeless. You know, we've done um, Toys for Tots. So we've been in the community as well. And I mean, just the Toys for Tots drive alone. I mean, we, 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 we helped a lot of people that day. I mean, I still look at that video and be like, wow, like, when we opened that door hood, it was a lot of people lined up down the block to, to get to it. Yeah. So yeah. to me, it's gratifying to know that we were a part of something like that to help people, you know, get what they needed. And I mean, I asked a couple people while we were out there, you know, talking and, you know, just talking. And then one lady was like, no, honestly, we really appreciate y'all for doing this. We really appreciate y'all for doing this. I mean, it's much needed. So it just made me feel like. Well, damn, what if we can do this every year? And then if you do it every year and then you build those relationships and then you get these meetings and then you got the police on one side, you got the community on the other side, and then you in the middle. And if the community trusts you, if the police trust you and y'all come up with some ideas, poof, now things look different. And so I think that's kind of where I am with us and what we trying to do. And hopefully, I mean, hopefully we can, you know, you know, make some impact, man, because that's all I really want to do. But I mean, I thank y'all. I thank y'all for coming, man, and just chopping it up with me for a minute. I ain't want to take too much of y'all time. But did even one of y'all have any closing thoughts before we get out of here? I got a. Um, I have a closing thought. Okay. I have one. Okay. And it, it goes back to the chief. Since we started off with the chief and how they're gonna try to change some of the movement with the policing. Last night I was down. I was down Bury Farm. I went down there to watch a game. Um. It was like an all-star game. Uh, the Goodman League was playing against the Dykeman League from New York. Mm-hmm. So the game is packed, super packed, right? And down the farms, that's one of the places, those games, there's no violence. Nope. You know, people are there, you know, from all all sides. They got them good fish sandwiches, though. Yes, sir. <laughs> no violence, no anything, right? But, okay, unfortunately, something happened up the hill. In the farms. <clears throat> okay. Something happened up the hill. They had to rope it off. You know, police out there everywhere. And it didn't affect the games itself. But this is what I want to say. If Conti is going to change how he polices and start moving people around, then he has to be strategic about how he does it. When that happened yesterday, when the games were over, all of a sudden, Police were down in the alley right outside the games, right outside the gate. And not one of them looked like us. Mm. Not one. When mm. I walked to my, I walked right across, because I parked right across from the gate. Four of them standing there, four police officers standing there. Not one looked like us, and not one knew that, that looked like, not one looked like they felt comfortable. Wow. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And there was at least eight to ten police officers there. I guess they were just, since something did happen, in, since something happened in the community, that I guess they were just trying to be sure it was a peaceful let out. Right. But it just looked really odd. Right. Yeah. It looked odd. They didn't look comfortable. And I mean, I mean, people just went on about their business, but it was just like, well, what is this? You know? Right. That's but um, if, if he's going to do something in that matter, he has to be strategic how he does it and not just put anyone in any old place right or else the community still not gonna respond to that right that, that that's a great point 
That's a great point. You got anything, Big Dog? Yeah, I'm, I'm happy that you uh, reached out to to us and, you mm-hmm. know, we get a chance to uh, let, let the people know that we, we have something coming to the community to, oh, yeah. to do some building and that could be uh, destructive. Oh, yeah. But, you know, something that we would like the community to take a part in and, and uh, trust us to uh, provide great services Absolutely. Absolutely. And if, and if anybody out there, you know, wants to get involved, you know, wants to learn more about what we're doing, I mean, we are Type Inc. Um, our our um, Facebook is Type DMV, but we are um, acknowledged as Type Inc. on Facebook and on Instagram. Um, that's our, our two handles right now. But then I also have a piece of what we do on my website, Real Talk. Sixman.com. So, I mean, we are kind of slowly but surely getting ourselves out there. And I thought tonight would be a great opportunity just to get um, our our feet wet a little bit and just allow people to kind of hear from us, you know, hear hear what we're trying to do in the community and just think about some of the things that, you know, us can kind of do to kind of help with you know, being a part of um, organization in in different communities. Because I think if we get one program up and running and it has a decent track record who's to say we can't take that program and put it in other cities and allow it to help in other cities not just our own you know and not, I'm not saying not being greedy but allowing something that works and say hey we doing this here y'all should try this too or we doing this here y'all should try that too you know what I mean so I just felt like it, it was a great opportunity for us to kind of you know talk to the community and have a, a conversation as well so again I love both of you guys man I think that um like what like what Chris kind of talked about it initially us having this conversation about doing it we decided to do it and from the point of where we started to where we are now oh boy it's 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 I I, I really believe in my heart of hearts it's going to turn into something great so I hope y'all you know um you know keep keep that mindset um allow us to continue to be honest and open to one another so that way we can you know get this thing going in a um harmoniously way uh, what they call it harmoniously is it harmonious? Harmonious way. And um, just do it in a grassroots way. That's why I, I really love the fact when Mel J told us to do it, you know, organically. Grassroots. Look, look into the community. Find out what they need. Don't just don't just come up with programs. Get in the community and find out what they need. So when we were doing some of these outreach programs, we were talking to the people and finding out what they need and stuff like that. And, I mean, it's I think it's going to be a great thing. I really do. So I thank y'all for coming through with us tonight, man. We, we do... Um, you know, we do um, have condolences for these families um, who have been struck by this violence. I mean, it's it's hard to continue to see these uh, what they call them these memorials, and they 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 got a picture of the little girl up on up on MLK. I'm just I'm just tired of seeing it. I just really am. I'm just tired of seeing it because we shouldn't have to do that. I remember when I went to Dale State. And uh, me and Tony, man, uh, wore these rest of peace shirts. I think we wore them for like a month straight. And the um, professors start like, where are you from? And we are, oh, we from D.C. Oh, we're part Southeast. They was like, oh, you wore, you wore a rest of peace shirt every day for the last 30 days. And that, and that resonated into the professor. They was like, damn, where y'all coming from? And so for us to kind of still, you know, come from that, the community, and then to kind of setting ourselves up for what we're doing now, in my mind, I think it's a beautiful thing. Because when we see people, when we talk to people, 
they look at us and they be like, man, like like when we did the community, um, um, the, the 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 back to school thing, and the ladies were there and they was looking at us. They was like, man, we so happy to see some black men doing this. And I think that it can be more people doing it if they just took the time to look in their cells to, to say, hey, you know, what can make me feel better? And I know for me, making me feel better is when I help somebody else feel better. That's that's just me now. And so I'm thinking that that's kind of where our foundation is, being happy to making other people's lives a little bit better. So, again, man, I thank y'all for coming through. Um, if y'all need anything from us, type ink. Um, if y'all need anything from me, real talk with the six man, please let me know. Um, you know, website is up. You know, you can reach me on social media at real talk with the six man on Facebook and on Instagram. Um, you can reach me at, um, Gmail, real talk six man on Gmail. And again, type DMV. We are both on social media on Instagram and on Facebook. So if y'all want to reach out to us, if y'all know anybody that's willing to help us out, let us know as well. So y'all brothers, man, y'all enjoy the rest of y'all night. I thank you again for doing this, man, and we'll definitely do this again. Appreciate you. All right. Y'all be safe. You too. <laughs> Walking